What's up, what's up, what's up, family? My name is David Smith, and this is Tough Conversations Podcast, the podcast where me and my guests discuss tough topics from different points of view in order to understand the issues at large. On today's episode, we will be discussing spreading of the gospel and the church. And today I'm honored to have as my guest one of my biggest best friends, my pastor, my counselor, my my father, just my all-around ace boom coon. He is the pastor of Life Enhancement Christian Ministries located in the city of Detroit and also also virtual online at Life Enhancement on YouTube and on the band app and as well as Facebook. He is the founder of the men's um, development group called Ram G that is known as Radically Anointed Men of God. Without further ado, I want to introduce my father, my pastor, Michael Smith to the show. How you doing? Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And, and once again, like I said, you know, I appreciate the fact that, you know, you take time out of your day to be here. You know, as, as much as I can say that, you know, because you're my father, you're here. Um, that's not always the case in a lot of matters. Um, you know, just, you know, dealing with schedules and things of that nature. You know, I know things come up and this has been uh, a long time in the making. I, I didn't project to have you on until about around Father's Day, which I'll probably bring you back on, or I will bring you back on around Father's Day just for us to have a talk um, about things in that nature. But I'm glad things worked out this way because this will be my first guest, my first episode where I have a guest on. And so who other than to have on as my first guest than my father? So once again, I appreciate you being on, Pop. Amen. Never been on a podcast before. Actually, always um, operated as a, a podcast moderator. So being a guest on a podcast is something uh, I have to say that I'm a little new to. Praise the Lord. It's, it's, it's different being on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this, this is different. This is different. Praise the Lord. Oh yeah, and it's a it's a good difference. So you know we'll we'll make it we'll make it work, and uh, you know at least you get to sit back and just answer questions. You don't have to you know you know throw the questions out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So uh, um, on the podcast, I wanted to start a new segment, and it's going to be entitled "Post of the Week." And so what what I what we're going to look at is just you know the random crazy posts that you know happen throughout the week. As we scroll on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and things of that nature. And it was one post in particular. And if I can find it, you know, I am a little un- unprepared today or underprepared today. Um, but since we are talking about um, church and godly love and love and this, you know, while we're recording this podcast, today is Sunday and we're two days away from Valentine's Day. And I was looking at a post uh this past week and the post says this and if anybody else is listening to this don't forget to check us out on instagram at tough talk underscore p d t 
That again is Tough Talk underscore PDT. That is where you can find all of our episodes. Catch us in our announcements as we announce the episodes. And also you can send in your feedback from the different episodes that you listen to. You know, maybe we might air out, you know, your feedback. Probably won't air out your name, but we'll air out the feedback that you give. So with that being said, the post that I've seen this week is um, it's, it's on, from TikTok. And it says, me trying to explain you must not skip the friendship phase of a romantic relationship. And that if you immediately lust after and become infatuated with someone without building a platonic connection, you're only trying to date the ideal of them. You cannot rush into dating someone without the crucial part, without this crucial part, because you'll develop rose-tinted glasses instead of... Um, and instead of ignoring, in light of ignoring all the signs that would be a potential bad partner. And so that's a pretty deep post in and of itself. Um, it was a lot to unpack there. But um, before I answer, Pastor Smith, from your expertise um, and your understanding of what that post means, what would you give your feedback on in terms of that? In a, in a, in a practical sense, that's very true. You know, you don't want to, you know, uh, you don't want to uh, skip past the friendship phase of, of dating. I, I think that should be the, the, the primary uh, function, the primary uh, uh, thing that is, that is accomplished in, in uh, a dating situation uh, that you find out whether or not you can be friends you know uh, you don't want to uh, get married I should say to someone and find out you can't even be their friend before you can be you know you want you can be their spouse so I, I think you don't want to skip that phase you know it's very important it's very important to know whether your your souls are knit together and whether you're in agreement with one another now that doesn't mean that you're not going to disagree but I think that uh, you know, if, if you are if you are walking in in great wisdom and great judgment uh, when it comes to, and I, I say this to young people and possibly probably some older people too that are, are contemplating a relationship, uh, uh, that that you don't skip that phase of the of the. Uh, uh, in other words, don't uh, jump in line or don't jump in to another place in the line. Uh, when you haven't really dealt with the beginning of the line and dealt with the, the waiting at the beginning of the line, um, uh, don't don't push that aside. Uh, you should become friends or find out can you are you do you have that capacity with that individual to become their friend and them in turn become your friend and then progress into uh, the the other other phases of relationship human relationship. So that's what I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great take on it. Honestly, a lot of that is what I was going to say, too. It's like, you know, you have to lay that foundation first. And, you know, if you have nothing to build on when you just jump into that water, you don't know what to expect. You know, if you you don't do the run, walk, crawl phase or the crawl, walk, run phase, you you never get a chance to see okay am i am i actually like able to commit to this person am i actually able to understand this person how this person communicates and things of that nature because a lot of us know just from looking at our friends um you know some of them 
lack in communication. Some of them lack in timely communication and things of that nature. And, and you know, before you build into a relationship, you got to understand somebody from the friendship aspect. So, so that's a great, great point, Pastor. Great point. Absolutely. I, I, I could kind of give you, but even though David and Jonathan would not necessarily be a dating situation, but um, the way that they loved one another or they were friends to one another is very, very, very uh, powerful and very, very significant. Uh, they, they learned to know each other to the core. And I think you need to know that even in a uh, interrelationship with the opposite sex is that you need to know as much as you can about that person. And, and you need to know whether every thing about that person is tolerable to your spirit whether you're t whether you're able to tolerate uh some of their idiosyncrasies you know some of the things that are idiosyncratic to them you know um you know are they are they a person that uh if you're a person that that's that's uh real antsy about cleanliness are they clean uh, are they that's uh, fair are they neat? Are they on the same level mm -hmm. as you are as neatness? Or, 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 you know, you might not necessarily require a lot, but you want to know, okay, are they, uh, do they line up with your, you know, with, with your spirit and vice versa? Oh, yeah. Do you line up with their spirit? So, yeah, you need to, you need to definitely not, what I call, test drive the relationship. Uh, and a lot of people do that. They test drive the relationship. They just jump in head first. Mm -hmm. and, and they get to driving the car a little ways and find out they haven't been in a collision. <laughs> so. That's true. That's true. Yeah. No, that's that's true. And that's funny that you mentioned that too. Because, yeah, a lot of times you do get into those situations where, yeah, you, you realize so long, like, man, I done been in a whole, you know, collision. And. You don't realize until later, and it's like, what, what's the what's what's yeah. the happen? Yeah, you gotta first not define yourself by a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta you gotta kind of kind of convey that message back and forth between the two of you that I'm not defined by a relationship, you know, um, but I, I I desire one because I feel like God wants me to desire a relationship. Mm -hmm. But I'm 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 I want to set some parameters, and the first parameter that I'm setting is that I be a friend to this person, that is a potential date, or a potential date mate. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I that's you know not even just from a, a golly standpoint, but from also from just a real life like practical, practically exercising that into everyday life standpoint. That's powerful, absolutely powerful. Um, so thank you for that. And like I said, this is a segment that we're going to keep on every week. So we're going to be discussing, uh, just, you know, controversial posts throughout the week with all the guests that I have on. So, um, I'm, I'm glad that I could bring this, this post and this segment to the first uh, episode where I have a guest on, but enough of the, the, the minors, let's get into some major topics. Um, the reason that you're here. So, the topic here kind of it's 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 I won't say it's frustrating, but it's it's difficult um, in the matter of I want to talk about two things, but I know we may or may not have a, a lot of time to talk about those two things. But if we don't finish up today, 
you will be back on and we'll we'll continue on. But the topic that we're discussing today for all of you who are listening out there is two things. We're talking about spreading the gospel and we're talking about the church. Um, and so the first part we'll actually talk about is not it won't be spreading of the gospel. We're going to be talking about the church um, and just kind of some of the controversial things that happen in these not only just last few years with the church and not not really with the church, but just with the world and then how it reflects on the church, but also things that maybe you've grown up with. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of people from different households grew up in church, but then kind of went their own ways. Pastor, I know you can attest to things of that nature um, because just being a pastor, you hear those different types of stories that come about. Um, but you know, it's not it's not we we don't find ourselves like out of sync with those with those people we don't find ourselves in a different place with those people you know we can understand how how those things could take place so the first question i want to ask you is is about church hurt right does it exist absolutely absolutely i, I but I, I think we need to understand uh, how it exists mm-hmm. we need to understand how it is used mm-hmm. or manipulated it's a term that's manipulated as well. Um, but yes, it does exist. It does exist. 100%. So that leads me actually into my next question is, is how, how does it exist? And what fashion does church hurt exist in, I guess, modern day society? Because it's, I, I won't say it's something new. You know, it's been a thing that people have attached to their experience with church. And so... In today's modern day society, what do you feel, how do you feel church hurt exists? Well, here again, first of all, we, we understand it to be a non-biblical term. Mm-hmm. That's what we first have to understand is a non-biblical term. Biblically, it would be considered tribulation. Mm. That, that type of thing, it would be considered tribulation. I think it is pretty much the mindset or the, the, the thought that some people come into the church and they're mishandled. They come into Christianity and they're mishandled um, um, either by rhyme or reason. Um, they are mishandled by leadership. They're handled, mishandled by their fellow brothers and sisters. Um, they're mishandled by uh, certainly people outside the church. Um, um, and, uh, it's not only that they're mishandled, but they're also, uh, mistreated, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're not, uh, not, uh, mentored, they're not, uh, embraced in, 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 in the, in the, in the quote unquote Christian way. Mm-hmm. They're, they're uh, in some ways, I would say they're in a, in a way misappropriated. In other words, they go into their their church hurt because they go into uh, parts of the church and they end up in parts of the church, I should say, that they might not be mature enough. Mm. Um, you know, they might not be mature enough for the choir. Uh, you know, the choir is a place, you know, a lot of people don't understand the background of the, the choir in the church. The choir got a lot going on, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it would, that, that, this would be a whole other podcast for me to explain it. Yeah, <laughs> it, 
it's it's and I say that because I've been in choirs and I've also not been in choirs. But you you kind of choirs are pretty much set up on a on in, in like a caste system or a clique system mm-hmm. in the church. Um, the choir has a huge place in the church, a huge place. Yeah. You got a good choir, you 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 got people coming to hear you. Yeah. You, they might not they may not can can stand anything about your preaching. But if you got a good choir or two or three or four choirs, they come in here. They come in here. And so the choir has a lot of sway in the church. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are not mature enough to enter into that environment because the choir is a, another environment within the church. Mm-hmm. You know, that some people are not mature enough to handle. And that's other parts of the church as well. I, I think the young child of God needs to come in. Uh, the new convert, convert, the newly born again, baptized uh, believer needs to come into the church and certainly find his pl- his or her place. But they first of all need to be nurtured on 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 milk and not strong meat, mm-hmm. and and not necessarily be exposed into a, a an environment that they're not mature enough to handle the ins and outs of it. Um. um so, um, it's, I think it's important that, um, that we, that, you know, people come into, you know, people coming into the church understand it from a, uh, from a, a learning, uh, you know, position and from, uh, uh, from a perspective of finding their way, uh, into, uh, their place, uh, but a lot of times people are hurt, church hurt, because they come in and and those that are more so-called knowledgeable, uh, they don't handle new people uh, in a embracing, loving way. Uh, you're almost expected to know already. Right. And let's, let's face it. When you come into the church, this is a new environment. You you come out of a, a, out of a rough world into a rough church. Right. You know? Right, you know, and so, um, you know, it's 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 going. It, it, so I think that yes, church hurt, hurt. Church hurt does exist. I think in some way it is it is it is a term that is uh, exploited. Mm-hmm. It's become an excuse for some people to just pick up and go somewhere else before they can even get rooted and grounded in where they are. Um, you know, it, it. So yes, it exists, and it is a dangerous. This is a dangerous thing. That's true. That's true. I will say, you know, in everything that you said um, and and try not to apply my own understanding and just our, our own experiences, especially growing up um, under you and as under your leadership, under your fathership. Uh, when we, you know, understanding what church hurt looks like, you know, a lot of the times it, it, you know, it is it is something that is emotional because, like you said, people come in and they don't have a direction to go in. They don't know which direction to go. And then, you know, they want to do so many things and nobody is there to nurture those things that they want to do. Um, and so with that being said, it in turn turns people away from church because they feel like, OK, I'm I, I'm so eager to do X, Y and Z. I'm so eager to do this, this and the third. But nobody here is, you know, helping me. And then, you know, sometimes the way 
people in church attitudes can be about, you know, certain things. It just further pushes them away. And so that's why I understand that concept of, you know, you have to nurture them with milk and not strong meat because they're not ready for the strong meat yet. You know, that's why as a kid, it's certain things that you just don't give a child because their immune system is not, you know, and their metabolism is not up to speed to be able to metabolize those things. And so the person ends up getting sick. And then in the in the church realm, the person ends up getting sick of church. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that was a great, great point. And the analogy of the strong, you know, you know, um, milk rather than strong meat. That's I'm going to keep I got to keep that one. And I got to write that one down because I don't think I have that one. But that's 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 good. I think, I think one of the things that's also a part of that church hurt is a lot of times, sometimes uh, babes, as we call them, or or young people in the Lord come in and they're full of zeal. Mm-hmm. That zeal is not properly reined in or that 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 zeal is not probably um um not reined in but it's also not harnessed as well mm-hmm. and so uh what happens with somebody that ha- has a lot of zeal they get hurt because they they feel like they've been being their, their zeal is being mashed down that their zeal is not welcome uh and that their zeal is a threat to someone that's older in the church. Wow. You know, some people see that, you know, the young guy coming in with all the zeal and he's, he's, you know, God has brought him in and gifted him and, and then set him on fire. And now he's, he's running for his life. Uh-huh. He's a threat to those that, to the, to the establishment to some degree. That's deep. That's and deep. I never, never thought of it like that. Some of the older Saints can't handle the threat. Mm. They can't handle the threat. They see that as a threat, especially to uh, their position. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a deep concept because you would never think, um, you know, contrary to popular belief, you would never think that those types of things would take place. But you know, they did. They did. Yeah. You've been in ministry long enough, uh, I guess. And for the people who don't know who are listening, you know, how long have you been a pastor? Um, because you was a pastor before I was born. <laughs> so, so, so for the people listening, how long have you been a pastor? I've been pastoring for 17 years. Um, uh, our church is 17 years old. And, uh, so I've been pastoring, uh, um, senior pastoring, as they call it for a, for 17 years, almost 20 years or two decades. Uh, I was a youth pastor for seven years. Um, so I, I've been in some way, shape, form, or fashion in um, pastoral ministry for, uh, I guess you would say, well over 26, 27 years. Um, so, yeah. Well, with, with that experience, I guess that will lead me to my next question is, since we're talking about church hurt, and then like we established that it exists, and we established that it exists on a spiritual level, it exists on a, on a physical level, and an emotional level, in the 17 years that you've been pastoring, in the seven years that you, you know, you've, you've been in ministry, in the seven years plus 17 that you've been in ministry, what would you say is the way that we can combat, and I mean we as the church, we combat church hurt? Or is there a way? That is a very, that's a very good question. And I think anything is possible. The word of God says with God all things are possible. 
Uh, I think church hurt is is a removal of God out of every scenario. Mm-hmm. Meaning God is, you know, for as as it as it, for instance, if we're not showing love and concern for just the 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 young people or the the hurting people in the church, then um, we are pretty much a part of the problem and not the solution. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it's important for us to uh, realize that that we have the potential to hurt someone, that we have the power to hurt someone, uh, and that it's not God's will, and that we're not to be used in that way, or not to allow ourselves to be used in that way. But some of us yield ourselves to that. You know, we yield ourselves to. We make ourselves available. To church hurt. I think church hurt is a demonic presence in in the church. Anyway, it is. You know, mm-hmm. the, the very fact that you can get hurt in a place where you go to heal is a problem. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 the one right there. That's that's a topic for for a lesson. Um, the fact that you can get hurt in a place where you are supposed to find healing is is definitely true. And you know, you can look at it several different ways but all in all that's that's it right there like the fact that you know people come to church because they need healing and deliverance and, and things of that nature and then you know they're on fire for these things to receive these things and to get these things and then you know you got somebody looking down on you because you know you're you're overly zealous or you know whatever the case may be yeah you know you you, you get hurt in a place you know uh, that ain't yours to hurt nobody in. Ah. You know, if you really think about it, you, if you think they're not unworthy to be there, you're not either. Mm-hmm. You're not either. So none of us are worthy to be there. We're there by grace. Yeah. So, and I'm talking about the body. I'm not talking about the building. We put too much emphasis on the building, more emphasis on the building than the body. You know. So the body, the body is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. It is not the body of Leroy or, <laughs> or, or whoever. Yeah. So then, can you explain for maybe somebody who doesn't know what is the difference between subjecting yourself to the church vice the body of Christ? Well, when we think about subjecting ourselves to the church because we've been taught wrong, Mm -hmm. we've been erroneously taught, we think that submitting ourselves to what goes on in the operation of a building, we mistake that for subjecting ourselves to Christ, and that's not what it is. If we really understand what the church is, the church is the body of Christ, the corpus Christi, it's the body of Christ. It's his body. It's his body. It's made up of his members, his people. If we understand that, then and we're submitting ourselves to that, then we are submitting ourselves in the right way. But if we are submitting ourselves to the operation of a building, if we think that what we do in this building mm-hmm. matters, and what this and what we do in this building uh, is uh, is it is really commanding God's attention, then we are we are we are sadly mistaken. So what you're saying is I'm not gonna get no salvation tokens because I play the drums on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and especially if you played drums in the club the night before. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you was going to be quick with that one. <laughs> we can tell you you've been playing at, at, at the club the night before because we're going to hear some beats the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it right there. That is it. I did not know you was going to be quick on that one. But no, that makes sense. And I, I think just in our personal conversations um, that we've had, we talk about stuff like that constantly. Yeah. Um, and and just hitting on those points like, you know, yeah, yeah, if you just because you pour the pastor's, you know, orange juice on Sunday or, you know, you valet the cars or you make sure the pews is clean. While those things are nice, it's those things are nice. Mm -hmm. Those things are nice and those things are needed. Yep. Uh, they don't supersede what is really what is really needed. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the next topic I want to get into is actually something that we talked about this past Friday in our men's meeting. And I think you might already be privy to where I'm going here. But church culture. Culture in the church. In the church culture. <laughs> However you want to flip it. Is it important? And does it exist? So first, is it important? I, I found out in this discussion we had this Friday how dangerous it is. Um, and because, and I thought about it after we had the discussion Friday in our men's meeting, um, how culture is synonymous or synonymously connected to cult mm. or cultism. Um, do we really want to, do we really want to distinguish what the church does and how the church operates based on a culture? Is the church, what we do, a culture? Is it a cult believing? Is it a cult faith? We, 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 we have to answer, uh, we have to ask that question and answer that question. Uh, do we want to base it up? Because culture is kind of a worldly thing, you know? And I think we need to, as, all, as much as we can, divorce ourselves from the things of the world. Um, so, Culture, I think it does exist. And I really is kind of relative to what we just talked about. You know, there's cultism, or there is, um, or, or, or click, you know, clicks. There's, there's clicks. There's, there's a sub, uh, a sub civilization in the church. Or yeah, I, I think you know it, it does reduce itself to uh, to culture. I think the battle and the struggle of the church is eradicating the church from it, mm -hmm. eradicating it out of the church, because culture has to come in. Right. It's not something in the church that is that is an automatic part of the church. I think culture has to enter in. Mm -hmm. We have to allow culture to come in. You know, um, you know. For instance, if we allow. Uh, I don't know. I think one of the cultural things that have been has been allowed into the church is uh, the the, um, the mind performances. Mm -hmm. That's a part of Greek culture. That's, Whoa! Yes, yeah, part of Greek culture that we're allowing in, and we put praise on it. We, you know, what we do is just relabel it. You know, mm -hmm. recycle 
a worldly culture and bring it into the church because we put a gospel song behind it. Mm -hmm. We say this is a culture. This is the culture, and we went in youth with it. Yeah. And the only two that Jesus prescribed for winning souls was the gospel. He didn't say anything about mimes or or, or dances or any worldly culture. Mm-hmm. Now, praise dance biblically is different from what we see today. Mm-hmm. It's biblically what we different from what we see today. You know, but we what we do is we bring these cultures, these worldly subcultures, into the church, and we label it praise, or we label it. We, we're quick to put praise on it. Right, right. That's that's, that's a quick label right there. Um, but we put that on it, and people, you know, people say yes, and oh, you know, and and, and they approve it. They, 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 you know, they, they, they begin to embrace it. And some people probably may even only come to church just for that. Just for that, yeah. They'll put more emphasis on that than, than the message that the man of God is preaching. Yeah, because that points back to what you said earlier about choirs. You know, a lot of people get so stirred up and get so caught up in the fact that a, a church has a great choir or whatever the case may be. And yes, they may be exactly what heaven sounds like. But, you know, did you get any word out of being there? Did you get, you know, any... Was it anointed? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Was it anointed? Or was it just the movements? Yeah. By a person with a mask? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that just, I didn't know that was a part of Greek culture. And so that... that uh... Yes, it was. Miming was a part of Greek culture. Mm-hmm. It's been around for a long time. It didn't just come around. It's been around for a long time. The Greeks used it. The Greeks used it. We know Greek. The Greeks were idolatrous. Yep. The Greeks believed in mythology. And yes, they used miming, miming to to um, spread a message about their gods. Oh. That's not a message of, of our god. Right. So, yeah. A lot of people will argue with you about what I just said. Mm -hmm. argue with me about what I just said, but it's the truth. Let's, let's keep it real. You know. <coughs> no, I, I expect the, I expect the inbox to be. Originates. That's where it originates from. We got to look at the origin of things. Mm -hmm. Where do they come from? Not just look at what it's doing right now. Look at where, where, where did this come from? Yeah. Where did this come from? Yep. Is that Bible? I don't see mimes <laughs> in the book of Acts. <laughs> no, I was about, I was saying, thinking to myself, like, man, the inbox is going to blow up off this one. But, I mean, it's a necessary truth that needs to be had. And so um, bringing it out f certainly will, will draw some, you know, some attention. But hopefully it's the attention of, you know, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. <coughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly. <coughs> so, yes, go, exactly. going into my next topic, uh, we're going to talk about with with everything that we talked about. So we talked about church hurt, and uh, we understand that it exists, and we understand that you know culture in the church has been synonymous with, synonymous with some things that aren't 
you know, godly uh, and, and, you know, of the right substance to draw people in. And sometimes that culture affects church hurt and vice versa. So what state would you say that, and I guess this is in light of, and I drew this question because I was watching the State of the Union address. What state do you feel that the church is in today? I don't think, I, you know, that's a good question. Very good question. I, I saw that as one of the questions you wanted to address. But I don't think it's important um, what I think. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I think it's important what Christ thinks. What does, and we should ask that question of him to see what his answer is. And we already have his answer in the uh, third chapter of the book of Revelation. It talks about the, the church of Laodicea. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, um, really, you really, really see the condition of the church in that, in that uh, passage of, of scripture that is descriptive of that particular church. And, and I have it. It's, it says in, in chapter 3, verse 14, it says, Unto the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things saith the Amen. It doesn't matter what my opinion is, because my opinion might be glowing. I'm going to just say, oh, the church is awesome. The church is fantastic. I'm going to say all these great things, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, the glorified Jesus says, uh, these things say the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold or hot. That's a condition. Um, I would that were, that thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, mm-hmm. and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Wow. That's a powerful commentary on today's church. Right. There are seven churches in the book of Revelation or seven church periods in the church. Meaning periods of time that the church has gone up gone through up till now. Right. We are in the last one of those church periods. And that is the Laodicean church. Uh, it says here, I know thy works, neither thou art neither cold nor hot. I were that thou I work I, I would that thou wert cold or hot. But so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So that would imply to me that the church is in an implorable, indetestable condition. Uh, verse 17 says, because thou sayest, I am rich. Because that's what we say about ourselves. That's not what God is saying about us. That's what we say about ourselves. Mm-hmm. He says, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods. Because we're, church is prosperous now. Uh, we got this, we got that, we got the other. Yeah. Uh, if we ain't got it, we can get it. And have <laughs> need of nothing. And knowest that not that thou art wretched, art wretched. You don't know. You don't even recognize that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. That is the condition, the present condition of the church. A whole lot of people will argue with that. You, 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 
I mean, your 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 inbox might just implode. <laughs> they read it for themselves. Yeah. Read it for themselves. I mean, it says, or I counsel thee to buy gold tried in the fire. This is what the um. Sorry about that. No, you good. But yeah, um, so it talks about. Uh, the, the condition of the church, and then in verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Mm -hmm. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. The condition of the church is that we're just, we're, we're, we're rich and not have need of nothing, increase the increase with goods, and the very God that we serve, the very Christ that we serve, is standing outside the church, knocking to get in and waiting for somebody to open the door and let him in. So he's, his presence is really not in the church like that. Wow. In this, this time and age. Mm -hmm. this age. This church age we're in now. Which is prior to the rapture of the church. That's deep. That's deep. So much to so much to unpack, but you know, I'm glad that you brought out the word. That way, um when people try to combat and that's like it's always good to to have somebody on, especially when we talk about things of Christianity and Christ and the church, um, and especially talking about the gospel, have somebody on who's, you know, knowledgeable in the word, you know, I don't consider, I consider myself knowledgeable, but not, you know, especially not onto the level that you own, <laughs> but I hope to achieve that one day. But when we talk about the state of the church and bringing that, that's a complicated, sometimes a complicated question. And sometimes it's, like you said, we can say so much because we look around and we see church doing all these different things. But as you just explained with the word, the church state may be may be different than what our thought process will be. You know, and it's not like you said, it's not about what we think. It's about what Christ looks at the church and says. Our, our assessment is a human assessment. We might feel because we've built more churches, we've got tabernacles, we've got cathedrals, we've got all of these awesome uh, places of worship uh, out here, uh, really literally just brick and mortar. That's all they are. Yeah. Uh, we think, tend to think that that is success in the Christian world, and it is not. Uh, what is absent in some of those great structures is just what Jesus just outlined. Right. It's not about what we may possess is about what we don't have. Mm -hmm. We may have the material possessions, but what about all of these spiritual possessions? And and the Lord is, uh, the Lord is saying that he would counsel us to buy gold tried in the fire. And he says that our condition, which stands out to me tremendously, is that thou art wretched, miserable. I don't know if there's anybody that don't know what feeling miserable is like, but we God does God Lord God Himself is said that we're in a miserable state. Wow, we're in a miserable state. That's that's a terrible place to be in, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, yeah. So, in, in considering that, one other thing I wanted to discuss as we talk about the state of the church today is is one of the biggest debates that has taken place since I want to say the pandemic really. Because that's when it was more influential, so to speak. And what I want to talk about is the fact that a lot of debate has gone on about whether or not 
virtual versus in-person church is appropriate. So when we talk about the state of the church, the, the virtual and in-person church kind of plays a, a very big role into the state of the church because a lot of people feel, and I'm going to just speak to what I see in terms of social media, in terms of just like friends that I have who go to church, you know, both online and in person. A lot of the debate has been that, you know, you know, you're not getting the word because you're not actually in the house. You're not getting the word because you're you're not actually like assembling with other Christians and you're not actually like going or going to the church to be there with other Christians. And then the other side of that debate from the people who go online is that, you know, you know, I don't have to be in a church building in order to praise God. I don't have to be in a church building in order to get the word. And sometimes it can it can fluctuate, right? It can go one way or another. And sometimes I try to see both sides of the argument in that sense. But sometimes I do find myself rather perplexed in that instance because it, it, it's a touchy subject. You know, virtual church was a nuance to all of us come about the pandemic. You know, yeah, you catch a couple, you know, pastors teaching on TBN and YouTube and this, this, and then and the other, but never has it been in such a way that it was during the pandemic. And then, so after the pandemic, a lot of churches stayed there, including our church. Um, and a lot of churches went back and things of this nature. So my question to you is, in the terms of virtual and in-person church, does both serve a purpose? And then in that purpose, what side of the debate do you feel like and I'm not asking you to pick sides, but I guess kind of give your thoughts on both sides of that debate. I, uh, I would have to say if, if I had a side, I have, I, I, I quite probably would say I have, I, I, it's a little bit of both. Uh, I, I may be caught middle, between the two, mm-hmm. not necessarily caught between two opinions, but uh, I see the benefits of both. Yeah. But I also see the the lack of benefit from both as well. Um, I see. I, I do understand also that you have to pretty pretty much operate wherever God has you. You know, if you're in virtual and, and virtual doing virtual ministry, uh, if that's where God has you, then that's where you that's where you flourish at. Yeah. There's an old church saying that says, "Grow where you're planted." You know, if you're planted in virtual ministry, grow in virtual ministry. Preach the same. The word says preach the word in season or out of out of season. Doesn't tell you doesn't tell you preach more virtual preaching in season virtually and out of season in person or vice versa. It says preach the word. The important thing is the, the word is being preached. And mm-hmm. yes, the word you can hear. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. It's not coming by whether or not your virtual or whether you're in person. Right. In person is fantastic, but there can be just as many in-person devils uh, as there are virtual devils. That's you know? deep. So you, I guess you got to pick between which devil you like to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like virtual or in person, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's to the individual. Yeah. You know, that might be a new church term for things too. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have my permission to use it. Yeah, that's but, trademark. <laughs> yeah, you know, but um, I think, I think 
you know, I, I've heard this thing that virtual ministry is lazy. You know, virtual ministries are lazy. They don't want to, uh, you know, they don't want to come together and they don't want to take the time and make the effort to get up and get in the car. And, and, and I don't I don't totally agree with that at all. It takes a lot of energy to do virtual ministry. We do virtual ministry. It takes a lot of time oh, yeah. and just as much money and energy to do virtual ministry. Very much so. It really does. It really does. Then I've been in both. I've been in, in person and seen a lack of faithfulness. And I've seen a, a lack of faithfulness in person ministry and outside of and in virtual ministry. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that are just, it's the people that are lazy. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't virtual laziness and it ain't impersonal laziness. It ain't either one. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit of both. A little bit of both. I've seen in I've seen in person lack of commitment and virtual lack of commitment. Then again, I've seen virtual or I've seen in person faithfulness and virtual faithfulness. People that are virtual that are that are faithful to either or. So yeah. I think that's what God is looking at is whether we're faithful either or. Yeah. Either or. You know, am I less saved? If I'm in virtual in virtual ministry, no, no, there are people I can't fellowship with in person that I can fellowship with in virtual. Yeah, I can't fellowship with somebody out in Scottsdale, Arizona, or or or, or, or uh, Sacramento, California, uh, in person. Yeah, unless I fly to that part of the the country or they fly here. Yeah, you know, but I can fellowship with them. Virtually. Yeah. And I feel like people miss the mark on on that and miss the understanding on it because, you know, if we truly talk about, like I said, spreading the gospel and the church, you know, that's a part of it. You know, reaching those regions where sometimes we can't always, you know, walk down the street to or walk across the city to or, or drive across the city to, to, to touch. And, you know, you got people everywhere who want to, you know talk to you and, and, and get the word, but, you know, being able to do that sometimes was difficult, you know, before virtual ministry came along. And then now that it came along, it helped, you know, it helped a lot. It helped a lot. You know, was it for a season for some people? Yeah. And that's great that they were able to get back in the building and do the things that they were doing in the building. But, you know, I, I never liked the fact that people discounted virtual ministry too, because they all serve a purpose. You know, it all serves a purpose in the body of Christ and just in in ministry as a whole. Amen. So that's, that's, I'm, I'm glad you, you came with that. Cause that's always been a question that I want a deeper understanding on. And I always forgot about it, but I'm glad we were able to talk about that today. Um, before we close, cause we're about to close out just a little bit here. We under like 10 minutes, two more minutes left. But the last question I did want to ask you is in the terms of the modern day believer. And, um, this is something uh, deep to think about, but in terms of the modern day believer, the 2023 believer in Christ, what is your message to that believer? To believe. Mm. To believe. And don't allow your believing to be tampered with. Don't allow your belief to be, um, to be uh, manipulated. Don't uh, allow your faith and your connection to God to be altered or interrupted. Um, don't allow 
don't allow uh, yourself to be drawn into counterfeit uh, situations. Don't allow yourself to be drawn into compromising situations. Uh, know that the Lord loves you. Know that the, He desires and requires you to be saved. Uh, it is His it is His desire to save us uh, from sin. Uh, he has a way of salvation. There's only one way. He don't have 1,500 ways. He has one way. Um, uh, and uh, understand, I, I would tell the believer that the greatest, greatest path to salvation that God has given us is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, praise the Lord. So that is what I would tell the new believer. Don't allow yourself to get called up in arguments and discussions that are fruitless and go nowhere. Uh, don't allow yourself to be misled into this, uh, 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 one of the most dangerous moves that I believe in now is once saved, always saved. And then also uh, another movement is uh, keeping it real. <laughs> real Most dangerous, one of the most dangerous doctrines to the gospel today. I'm just keeping it real. Just keeping it real. No, well, uh, is it real salvation or is it just real reality, real worldly? Yeah, because there is a difference. Real carnality. Mm -hmm. You know, some people think and feel uh, that this this reality thing or this realness. Is 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 a is a is is connected to the Word of God. The Word of God is reality in and of itself. It doesn't need more reality added to it. It doesn't. We want to keep adding these things to things that God has already established mm -hmm. through some philosophical thought or whatever. You know, I think the most dangerous thing is a person with a philosophical thought. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that is so true. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that being said, um, we are going to shut it down here. Um, before I go, I just want to give you two more minutes to say anything that you want to say. Shout out um, the ministry and shout out um, just let the people know where they can find you and things of that nature. So I'm going to give you the floor on that one. Amen. Nothing more like nothing better than a shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Life Enhancement Christian Ministries, we're here located in Detroit, the city of Detroit, Michigan. That is our birthplace. That is David's birthplace as well. Praise the Lord. Detroit City. We are thoroughly at the time, at this time, a thoroughly, I will always say at this time, meaning that this ministry belongs to God. He can change our course at any time. Right now, He has us virtually. When he changes us either back to in person or both, then we will move in that direction. But we are at this moment thoroughly uh, virtual. We can be reached. There is a um, there is a uh, Zoom link and a band app link. Praise the Lord that we can be reached at. Praise the Lord. Our content, our substance, all of our Bible teachings and uh, preached uh, messages are on Zoom and band. And YouTube, praise the Lord. You, we're accessible. 
we're accessible. Praise the Lord. And the good thing is, is that we're accessible right even in your home. Even in your home. Uh, I don't think the in-person church does that anymore. We don't go. The in-person church doesn't go from house to house anymore. You know. Um, so we're accessible. We're here to pray with you, pray through for you. Praise the Lord. We're here to minister to you and to be a servant to God's people. And so that's pretty much all I had to say. Praise the Lord. And uh, thank God for this opportunity. 100%. Pop, thank you again for being on with me. Thank you all for listening to the Tough Conversations podcast. This indeed was a tough conversation. As I always say, you know, 2023 is the year to have these tough conversations, not just about, you know, um, you know, who's who's dating who or who's, you know, doing this or doing that. Let's have these tough conversations. So that's the whole stance that this podcast was built on. Um, once again, I can't thank my father enough for being on. It's an honor to have him on and check in with the Instagram page, tough talk underscore PDT. That is where you will find the content, the link to find this particular podcast episode and also where you can go about submitting your commentary for the discussion. Please send it into the DMs. Let me know what y'all think. Let me know what, if you like it or not. You know, I, all you know, all comments and concerns or whatever, I will filter through those and be tuned for the next episode where I will have one of my next guests and I will disclose that information at a later time.